Welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast with Jacob Ayers, providing actionable content to help you along your journey to financial freedom through real estate investing. As the premier asset class, real estate has helped ordinary people just like you amass fortunes. The benefits of passive income from real estate investing will allow you to live a life you want. And now your host, entrepreneur, real estate investor, and apartment deal syndicator, Jacob Ayers. Hi, and welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Jacob Ayers. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. I'm so glad you're here. I'm excited to share today's guest with you. Today's guest is Mr. Jack Gibson. Now, Jack began his entrepreneurial journey at age 19 and founded his first company at the ripe old age of just 21. Operating a successful nutrition consulting and distribution company, Jack built a multi-million dollar venture before he was old enough to rent a car. Now, soon thereafter, Jack bought his very first home as an investment. One quickly became five, and then the real estate bug hit. Jack became obsessed with learning everything about real estate investing and soon had over 50 investment properties generating passive income. Today, Jack spends his time mentoring other entrepreneurs, building his real estate investment portfolio, and helping other investors to build a brighter future through the power of turnkey rental real estate income. Well, that's going to be the topic of today's show is building a turnkey rental real estate investing portfolio and how that can help you achieve your goals through passive income every month. Well, without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode with Mr. Jack Gibson. All right, today I welcome on the show, Mr. Jack Gibson. Hey, Jack, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, Jacob, pleasure to be here. Excited to talk to your audience. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jack, hey, before we kind of get into the topic of today's conversation around turnkey rental real estate, can you kind of back up, and give us a little bit of introduction about yourself, who you are, where you came from, and kind of how you got involved in the world of real estate investing? Yeah, for sure. I actually started in business back when I was 19. I was sitting in my dorm room. My parents were amazing. They taught me so many success principles of life. But there was their motto of life was go to school, study hard, get good grades, get a job, work your way up the corporate ladder, whatever that ladder was in that profession, right? And they were successful in their careers, very good. But that I always knew in my heart, you know, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Fortunately, my uncle, who didn't have children of his own, he was kind of like my second father as well. He was was a businessman. He owned three different businesses, owned, a, you know, was a farmer, insurance broker, owned a tables, tent business. So I saw and learned a lot from him just by watching what, how he grew his, all of his businesses. And so one day though, I was about uh, a few weeks into starting in my own nutrition business as a distributor. I sold a program for 200 bucks and I made a hundred dollars, right? So it's a 50% profit margin. And then I was also doing work for him on his farm, clearing off land that he had just bought. That's hard work. You know, that's backbreaking hard work, right? Yeah. <laughs> from, from me, who would probably be much more suitable to using my mind and such. So I get done, I do like 20 hours worth of work. I give them the 
bill and he gives me a hundred dollars and I'm like, Oh my God, five bucks an hour. There yeah. You go. <laughs> right. So when that happened, I made a vow that I'll never work for anybody else ever again. So that was my last employment per se. And I, <laughs> I really kind of dove a lot stronger into building the nutrition company by my junior slash senior year, 99. We had built that up to over a million dollars in sales. That company has grown significantly. I'm still active in it. We're on track for probably 15 million this year in revenue. So that's a very, very amazing business. And it's built around the concept of creating passive income through um, network marketing. And about four years ago, I realized we were living below our means. My wife and I, we just always have been, the, it was drilled into this by my dad, live below your means, always have extra cash flow that you can then save, invest, produce more income off your money. I didn't know what to do with it. Like we're making that great income. We're saving a lot of cash, but I knew that like the stocks and everything, that's fine, but that's only one component of being a successful, wealthy individual. I knew that real estate was, she had huge potential, but knew nothing about it. So I started downloading podcasts just like yours for hundred straight days. I think I listened to a podcast on real estate investing. There you to go, try yeah. To, yeah. To try to learn it. Because if you don't have any education and you don't have the components of learning, like you're going to start making the mistakes when you buy, right? I think that's where most people have to understand is like you make the money on your investment when you buy it, not when you actually sell it. it sell is whatever the market is at where it's at and when you're ready to sell. But then of course, if there's components of when to sell at the right time, right? Of course. But the buying smart and not paying too much, buying the right team behind your investment is very, very important. I had to learn all of that and how to do that successfully. So that's when the game started is for me in real estate is just listening and learning. Yeah, sure. So I'm listening to your story and it kind of sounds a little bit like that rich dad, poor dad mentality, right? You had your mom and dad who were very conservative and taught you to kind of go to school, get a good education, yeah. below your means, save. At least they taught you to invest, right? Just maybe not guide you in what to invest in. And then you've right. got your uncle, the entrepreneur, the kind of guy who's got his hands in a lot of things. So here you are doing a little work for him, get that $5 an hour paycheck and you think, hey, enough of this. This is not for me, right? So from right. early age, you're really chasing that passive income and really trying to develop those passive income streams, leading you to eventually to real estate investing. So when did that kind of light bulb click that, hey, real estate is a really good vehicle and an avenue to pursue this passive income? And then what did you do to kind of get started? And like, what was your first deal? How did you become a real estate investor? I'd say my kind of like philosophy about life is like when negative events happen to you, you know, we can look back over a, sometimes it takes a year or two or five or 10. And we, then we, if we have hindsight of 2020 vision, we can look back and say, wow, you know, that was actually really good thing. I didn't think so at the time when I was going through it. So like life was happening for me, not to me. It was at time about four or five years ago in my nutrition company, we had just gotten attacked big time by a short seller. So he was uh, relentless in terms of the largest short attack in the history of business is a $1 billion short bet. So that was a very trying time because my entire livelihood was built around in our income 
income and our lifestyle and everything that we do was based upon that business. And so we, okay, the, the, the moral, the end of the story is that everything worked out great and we, we got through it and we beat him. He went away. But when you're in that moment, you're like, wow, you know, I, I better diversify. I better have another stream of income coming in or I could definitely be in a bad way. And so I said, okay, well, how else can I create a passive stream of income? I love passive income. It's basically the only thing that I want to do is to build passive income streams. I think that if you're working strictly for active income, to me, it's like, what's the point? If you stop working, you don't get to continually to get paid. And I want to do work where I can do it now or work hard. I'm not afraid of that, but I want to be able to get paid continuously for those efforts. Okay. Real estate rental income. This is a great way to create passive income. So I started buying up some properties in Indianapolis through a turnkey provider. And then that uh, I was getting incredible returns. And then I started referring friends, family, neighbors, colleagues to him as well. And then realized in short order that I had a business, like I could actually scale this company up and help other investors and make money in the process of being a turnkey provider myself. So that's when um, I brought Shecky on and uh, Jeff Schechter, we call him Shecky. He's my business partner. And he was my digital marketing coach in the nutrition company. So I brought him on to help me scale the business. That's when we created high return real estate. And I can certainly dive into that. But uh, I think I've talked long enough without interruption. So go ahead. <laughs> no, that's good. And you know, when you're talking about passive income and real estate investing, sometimes that's a bit of a misnomer, right? Like say you are 25 years old and you go out and buy your very first duplex and you're going to self-manage it. While it may sound like it's going to be a passive income stream, rather, it's actually usually very active, right? As yeah. people find out once they buy that duplex. I know because I've done that, right? Yeah. So when you're talking about trying to achieve passive income in real estate, Turnkey is one of those rare sources where it is almost truly passive. I mean, you still have some management of your own review property management statements, actively look for deals, vet property providers, things like that, right? But you're not managing the tenant, managing the property and all of those things. So I think most people probably understand what turnkey rental real estate is. But for those that don't, can you just kind of give us your quick definition of that? There's definitely different opinions out there of what kind of really defines turnkey. We've really come to the conclusion after going through different stages of our model that like a true turnkey system provider is providing you with a cash flow producing asset that where everything has been done for you. So in our system, we do all the acquisitions. So we go out and we try to find deals through lots of different ways, tax sales, wholesalers. We could go on the MLS and find deals that way too. And then we, you know, we, we, vet them and see what are they going to need. I mean, almost all the properties that we purchase are distressed to certain points. They're going to need four or five to upwards of 20, 25,000 worth of work. We try to stay away from the ones that need a ton of work because those kind of bog down our crews. And they also, once you open them up, it could be really getting yourself into something you really didn't know was there. So we do the acquisition and then we do the rehabs with our construction team. And then we get them in third party inspected. And then we have the, send the contractors back into to take care of any other things that came up on the inspection report. And then we place the tenant and then we manage the tenant. So that whole process from all the way from acquisition until a cash flow producing tenant, it's a lot. It takes a lot to do that. So for somebody that wants to do that process, like they're the active investor, right? Hey, great, more power to you, man. If you want to do that, it's a ton of work. And there's a lot of spots along that path that you can definitely make mistakes and lose money at. So turnkey essentially is just saying, look, we're going to take care of all 
all this. We have a successful system in place. We're going to do all those steps along that process and continuum to where you're able to enter in and buy the property at the final stage where it is a performing asset. Like, you know, reality, I really think about like, what's the model? We're not so much selling a property. The investor is really buying a stream of income from us. They're not buying so much as a property per se. So like a retail buyer, a home buyer who's going to live in it, they're buying a property. They're worried about the layout. What's the paint color scheme? What am I going to need to do to this? All of that. Like they're buying the location, the property. Whereas the investors that buy from us, whatever the property is or isn't so much that important as it is, what's the stream of income that's coming off of that property? Yes, certainly. And when you're talking about investing, you've got the more active side, like going out and actively searching for your own deals, buying the deal, finding a tenant, managing it, managing that property for however long you keep it forever, possibly. Or you've got kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum, going to somebody like you, a turnkey provider and saying, hey, I really like that duplex with this return and this rent and this price point. I'll take that and uh, collect my mailbox money, if you will, review my property statements. And more or less, that's the extent of my involvement in the property, right? So when you're talking about turnkey rental real estate, what exactly pros or cons are there to that more active approach in comparison? Obviously, you've got a less active involvement, but do you have any lesser returns than you could if you were going to go out and do it yourself? What do you see there exactly? We see that we're definitely, all the steps that we provide, we're capturing a lot of the equity of the property, right? When we sell the property. So we're not heavily discounting the property versus market value. We try to give our, put our investors in a good spot. We don't ever want to put them in over market value, but they're not drastically under market value of, of what we're selling, right? We just can't do that and be able to make money and sustain our company. And plus we're putting in a ton of work as I just outlined in that process. <laughs> yeah, sure. You got to be paid for your activity, right? Right, exactly. So, but as far as an advantage, you know, if somebody does want to go become an active investor, the major reward is that they're going to be able to get capture the equity themselves. In other words, they could potentially be able to, when it's all said and done, be in a property for less than what we could sell it, potentially. The risk to doing that is that you could definitely, for example, get completely screwed by the contractors that you hire. And we have certainly gone through that in a massive way. So in fact, yes, like last year or the last couple of years, we've done well over a hundred deals and barely made a profit because we had to go through a lot of contractors that didn't do work that we then had to pay double on to then get to the contractors that we have today that are our core guys. We trust them and they do awesome work. And now we're profitable as a company. But to get to that point, we had to vet a lot of people. That's just the, the way it works. So as a active investor, you're going to have to go through that process yourself too. And it could go really, really well, or it maybe go south. That's the risk you're taking when you go through that process. For us, we've, as a turnkey provider, we've taken away, we feel like a lot of the risk for the investor because they're buying the property finished, done, cash flowing, all of that. Yeah. And one perspective I see here, Jack, and maybe tell me if you agree with this, is when you're comparing and contrasting the two separate models of actively investing in real estate versus investing in turnkey, say you're going to go out and buy a property off the MLS, work with a realtor, you are left with a lot of those predictions on yourself. Like, what is this going to rent for? What are the expenses? What are my expected returns? In comparison to a turnkey provider, you guys are much more in tune with what is this property going to rent for? What are the realistic expenses of this property? Factoring 
doing things like property management, landlord insurance policies, vacancy, right? Like when you're buying off the MLS with a traditional retail realtor, maybe they're not so much in tune with kind of those investor involved metrics, whereas you guys are. So you as an investor are really getting a holistic picture when you're investing with a turnkey provider like yourself. Sure. That's a great point. And I think that, look, I mean, active investing is great. And certainly there's lots of people that they make a ton of money and they build incredible portfolios and they're able to get things far less than if they were to pay a, a turnkey provider. So on the, on the flip side of that, right, is the amount of time and effort and energy and knowledge you need to acquire in order to be successful in that inside of that venture. So if somebody has the desire to do that, like, great, nothing wrong with that at all. Go for it. It's awesome. I think for what turnkey has opened the door for and why it's really gaining popularity is we're able to help the professional, the busy professional or the person that's busy building a business even, and they don't want to take the time, energy and bandwidth to try to learn how to do or go through all of those processes in order to get their cash flow producing properties. So we're able to open up the investment world to a lot of people, maybe even 10, 15 years ago that weren't able to really invest into real estate, even though it's an incredible asset class to create wealth, they were just simply weren't able to do it because they didn't have the time, energy, bandwidth to be able to take on the active role. Yeah, sure. And you bring up a good point. You're opening up this opportunity that maybe say 10 or 15 years ago wasn't necessarily available. And this model is turnkey investing, right? So maybe 10, 15 years ago, this wasn't necessarily a thing in the marketplace, whereas it is today. So a sure. new opportunity for a lot of investors out there, one that people are still still kind of navigating and figuring out one that's still new to a lot of people. So if you're talking to someone who's maybe interested in investing through a turnkey provider, what are some things you might tell that person in terms of what to look for in a turnkey provider, any kind of market analysis, any kind of management structures, any kind of inside information there? I haven't honestly studied a lot of the other turnkey providers and like what they do and in terms of like what they do and what they don't do, right? So one of the things that was really uh, from a 10,000 foot view, we had a major problem in the Indianapolis market with a turn huge turnkey provider. They sold a thousand properties. And the biggest problem was that investors didn't have enough information on the quality of the property. So they were paying for properties number one, before they were done. So they'd buy a property that needed 20, 30,000 worth of work. And then they're paying for that work to be done. Well, a lot of that work ended up not getting done and was paid out in fake rents or it got done, but uh, then, you know, it was shoddy and plumbing electrical systems were terrible and all that had to be completely redone. So a lot of those investors, they lost a lot of money and it simply came down to not being clear on what the property condition was. We do a lot of C-class class as well. It's just a lot less supply. It's a lot harder to come by. So a lot of our properties, you know, are single families, 40 to 50,000 range duplexes, you know, 55 to, to 75,000 range. And so we're not talking about very expensive properties at all, right? But you still, even then, we're not producing the Taj Mahal by any stretch. This is C-class property, but you still have to have everything tight. All the major systems need to be thoroughly checked, rehabbed. If we're providing a property where there's a roof that only has a couple years left in it, then that's we're putting the investor in a bad position, right? So we just make sure that we have actually, at this point, we have all of our properties third-party and Expected twice the investor has a fully vetted property that they can see all the transparency of what the property was when we got a hold of it, 
what work we provide a scope of work and then we show what the ending inspection was and then if there's still real estate and property renovation is a complex game so if there's still things that need to be done after the second inspection then we have a contractor verification form that we provide that shows all those things that were done as well so i think it's really just having transparency because at the end of the day you got to have a property where the major systems are not going to collapse within the first five years of you buying the property that's the problem jacob is those capex can really eat away a lot of your rent if you're not careful. Yeah, sure. And I think that's one thing to note, Jack, is that no matter what avenue you're taking and investing in real estate, there is risk no matter what you do, right? If you're going to take that active approach and search for single family properties yourself, if you're going to invest in a turnkey provider, if you're going to invest in apartments or mobile home parks or land or notes or whatever, there's risk no matter what you do. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. So when you're looking at vetting turnkey providers, what are some things you might look for in that provider? Is it so much as market? Is it what management structures they have in place? Is it deal flow? What are some things to look for and look out for? Yeah, certainly. I think the the team behind the investment is what I've found is most important. I've bought properties in different markets, right? From different teams. You know, I bought it from a couple other turnkey companies. And I think um, what's their level of integrity? What are they willing to take care of issues that when they come up and how are they going to take care of you and, and handle the problems? Because there are going to be problems. It's a complex game. It's yeah, definitely. <laughs> parts, right? I mean, You're renovating 30, 40, 50 year old houses. Yeah. There's going to yeah. be things that pop up and problems that arise. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, like for us, we provide a six month warranty because what happens is in real estate, look, we can provide all the pictures and photos and inspections and all of that uh, is great. And that provides a level of transparency of the quality of the property. But once the tenant actually moves in and they're utilizing those systems, it's a different game, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's when we really get to find out like the problems are usually going to start happening within the first six months. In fact, we typically see the bulk of them within the first 90 days. So we provide a warranty so that tenant moves in and there's the, the wear and tear of the tenant and they're beating on the property, so to speak. They're not beating on the property per se as like they're just utilizing the systems and yeah, we get right. how functional they really are, right? So that's when we, a lot of times, you know, we warranty covers a lot of those things. So we go back in, send our guys back in and fix those things and we send our investors no charge invoices. So that's one thing that we do. I don't know if other turnkey providers provide that or not. I think some do, some don't, but um, that certainly helps our investor preserve a lot of their cash flow their first year. Yeah, certainly. Talking about that tenant, they are oftentimes the most intensive inspector in all the process, right? You know, you might hire an inspector, they go in, give it a once over. Yeah, things look good. The tenant gets in there and they realize, hey, the garbage disposal is not working right or it's making a crazy noise or this outlet in the master bedroom's not working or whatever it is, right? You really find the details there. So I like that you guys are providing a six-month warranty on getting in and giving the owner, the investor of the property, some time to really figure out what's working if everything's really in tip-top condition or not. So really cool there. Now, one question I kind of got for you is, what's your perspective on the responsibility between the investor versus the turnkey provider when entering into a deal? Is all the responsibility on the investor, you know, buyer beware type situation? Or in your perspective, is there some fiduciary responsibility that the turnkey provider carries in handling that investor's money. 
Well, we definitely feel like in terms of how we operate is that we want to take care of our investors to the point where they feel very comfortable buying more property from us and very comfortable referring their friends, family, and and colleagues. So we always take a look at it as that we're more interested in a long-term relationship with our investor pool than we are a short-term sale. And that's how I built my other company. I have a core group of distributors that are on my team that I've built these long long relationships with over the period of years to where they know that I'm always going to take care of them. I'm always going to look out for them. Anything they ever need, I'm there. That's how I want high return real estate to operate. That's how we have operated it is look guys, investor base, right? We know for a fact that things aren't always going to be smooth. We are talking about tenants, properties, like you said, 50 to 80 year old properties that there's things that are going to go wrong. We will always be transparent. We will always do our very best to mitigate those issues for you and do what we feel is fair. There are some investors that we have where we have felt that they have pushed us beyond what would be fair for us in terms of they want us to carry all the risk of the properties and the performance, right? And that's not fair to do that. You are still an investor. You are still the owner. However, we will always do our very best from our side to make sure that you are taken care of and uh, treated in a very fair manner. Yeah, sure. Now, I think one cynical question one might have about a turnkey provider is, hey, if this deal's so good, why aren't you keeping it? Why aren't you buying it? I'm sure you get that a lot. So what's the answer there? It's an awesome question. That's the same thing I asked too. When I first started buying, I was like, well, why aren't you holding this if it's that great? Look, I mean, I do have my own, I'm an investor. I have my own set of buy and holds. I only have so much capital. Number one, it doesn't make sense for me to hold everything because I, I don't want to have 100% of my own assets into real estate only. Like I'm a diversified investor. I have whole life insurance policies. We put money back into building my companies. It's a capital game. And then the other part of it is simply time value of money. We can fix and and renovate and flip a property. We're going to make all the rents that we would make over, I don't know, whatever period of time it is, right? Depends on each deal. But let's say it's 12 months of rent or we can flip it. Then we're just going to flip it if we can do that four times. And it really makes sense for us to do that versus the time value of money. We're going to outpace the rents. So when you as a turnkey provider are looking to vet contractors, property managers, vendors, things like that, what are some uh, good pieces of advice that you've found in your own personal endeavors that you could tell real estate investors out there who may be looking to possibly manage their own deals or are in a similar position like that? So definitely be a great idea to check their quality of work on other properties that they've done, ask for references, never pay them in full. That was a huge problem with these thousand properties that went through the turnkey providers that they were paid in full upfront for work that that was never completed. So you want to look at some type of of schedule if you are going to pay somebody to do the work and hire the contractor yourself. You definitely want to be careful in terms of how many projects that you give them. I mean, our big mistake is that we gave 17 projects to you know a guy that had proven that he could do, he had done several projects for us, but then we just gave him too much at one time and gave him too much responsibility. And that was, we take responsibility. I take 100% responsibility for all the mistakes that I've made. And anytime anybody screws me over, I take responsibility because I let them do it. That's the way I think of it is, look, shame on us. We allowed you to do that to us. So I think building up trust 
is huge. You got guys that you really instinctively too. I mean, you got to go with instincts too. Sometimes you can tell when somebody's trying to be a little bit of a shyster. So you want to use your instincts and run from those that are giving you that feeling in your gut that isn't something's not right here. Yeah, yeah. That guy that's like, pay me now, pay me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get it done. A lot of your listeners, everybody here, we're smart people. Just follow your gut, follow your instincts. It tells you a lot. Yeah, sure. So a few kind of things to note, takeaways there are first, look for referrals, look for references, see the kind of quality of work the contractor's done or that property manager. Look at their track record. Be sure not to pay the contractor in full right because Jack, you could pay me to come up to Indianapolis and do a $50,000 rehab for you. Mail me a $50,000 check and I'm headed to Belize to never be seen again, right? (laughs) And then three, just make sure that they can handle the amount of work you're giving them, right? Make sure they're fit for the purpose. Make sure that you're not overloading them. Maybe they're a great contractor, a great property manager, who just don't have the systems or the capacity to handle the amount of work you need done. So that's another kind of... Yeah, you know, just thinking like having you go through those, just one other thing that hit me was contractors are normally going to tell you that they can start the project in next week or whatever, when in all reality, they know that they can't start it for a month, but they're going to tell you that so that they can get the job right? They don't want to turn down work because they don't know in a month from now if they're going to have the next job ready. You got to be careful for that. Just kind of looking at what kind of workload they're currently already on and maybe trying to get a sense of the timeline of when those other projects are going to be finished up. What kind of crew bandwidth do they have available? I don't know like terms of how to fully vet that, right? Because they're going to tell you what they want to tell you. But that's one thing to kind of consider is they may drag your project out over a long period of time. And that's very costly because that's called carrying costs. That's a big factor. It's a huge factor. It's when your money's tied up and it's not making money. That's very costly. That is not passive income. (laughs) That's right. Well, Jack, one thing I might see that's uh, appealing as a turnkey provider to an investor is maybe you are in an estate where it doesn't make sense or a market where it doesn't make sense to invest where you live, right? Or maybe you are, but you want to diversify like you mentioned earlier in the show. So you're going to go to a turnkey provider in a different market. So let's kind of talk a little bit about markets here. You're a turnkey provider in Indianapolis, Indiana. So tell us a little bit about there and what's going on there and what makes it an attractive market. Well, what makes it attractive still are the price to rent ratios are still very stable. Like they haven't gone up. It's a very solid city in terms of the workforce. The employment is diversified. So it's not dependent upon one industry. And it's not to knock any term providers, turnkey providers in Detroit, but Detroit would really scare me just because of the, um, of how heavily it's dependent upon the auto industry. So when auto drops, so does the city. That's just kind of like, that's the way I think of it. And there could be other people that could be in Detroit and they'd be like, okay, well, here's the flip side of that coin and I get it. But I love it because of the fact is the unemployment ratio is so low, employment is so diversified and the city has never seen like huge upswings or even downswings for that matter in their pricing. Whereas like a lot of your coastal markets, they've seen huge appreciation and they've also seen on the flip side where it's dropped like a rock too. So right now, I think for a lot of those coastal type markets, there's nothing that they can buy where they're going to get a positive cash flow when they try to rent it out. Like there's very, very few opportunities that really make sense. So like you said, live where you want to live, but invest where it actually makes sense from an ROI perspective. So a lot of these Midwestern cities and Indy's one of them at the top of the list, but there's, you know, there's Kansas City, Cincinnati, Columbus, St. Louis. Those are all from what I've been seeing are, are strong price to rent ratios, which then affect your bottom line ROI on a turnkey purchase or any type of rental real estate type transaction. 
Yeah, sure. And obviously, passive income is the name of the game here. And I think it's important to note that that's obviously what you guys are building your business model around there in Indianapolis is cash flow, right? You're not shooting for the fences and trying to get these big swings in appreciation. And you're also hopefully not going to get these big dips in depreciation, right? So yeah. you're at a really stable market that's producing great, solid, positive cash flowing properties. But you're not in you know a sexy market where you get these huge upswings in appreciation and you buy your $50,000 house and one year later, later, it's worth $100,000 doesn't necessarily happen in that market. No, very, very few. We've had a few cases where investors, you know, they just happen to get lucky and they got into an area that saw a ton of new construction remodels and builds and how to predict that. I mean, it's almost impossible to be able to tell where that's going to happen. There's been areas where I'm like, that was a really bad area. And then all of a sudden there's six new builds happening on that block. And you're like, what just happened? Like, how did that happen? And so those investors, were able to benefit from that upswing, right? But that's the exception, not the norm. As a norm, India is going to, it's really going to be stable. You buy the property and you're going to see maybe a 5% swing, but overall, it's just not going to go up a lot, but it's not going to go down. It's a very great cash flow. If you're playing the cash flow game, it's a great city to play that game. Yeah, sure. Well, Jack, as we're wrapping up here, it's been a fun conversation. Every episode, we kind of wrap up with a lightning round. I'd like to fire just a few questions at you. You ready All for right. that? I'm ready. I'll step up how quick I answer. All right, this is the lightning round. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Well, we don't luckily have a timer here, but I'm sure you'll be all oh, right. Okay. All right. <laughs> so what was your biggest hurdle getting started investing in real estate? And then what'd you do to kind of overcome that? Well, I think it was capital, having the money, right? And then knowledge. So like I told you before, the biggest hurdle is just education, learning the game. So you guys, you got to study the game. If you have education and become what Robert Kiyosaki says, you're, you're a sophisticated investor because of your education that you've gone through. Well, then you're going to be able to play the game at a much higher level and you're not going to make a lot of the mistakes that the novices will. Yeah, sure. Well, do you have a personal habit that contributes to your personal success, Jack? I think that uh, too, I work out and eat right every day, except when I travel. So maybe <laughs> that's hard. Quite, yeah. yeah, it's really hard. I'm not quite as good. But uh, if your body and um, your nutrition and you're feeling good about yourself, I mean, that you're going to have energy to be able to sustain yourself throughout a intense work day. So if you're out of shape, I mean, it's really like you're not going to have the energy, you're going to feel sluggish, and you're not going to want to do the things that you really need to do to grow your business and make money. So that's one. And then the second part is that uh, I'm a huge advocate of personal development. So try to just feed my mind with good positive material every single day. And look, I mean, it's what goes in, you know, comes back out in one way or another. So I want to make sure the input is good so that the output is good as well. Yeah, sure. Well, Jack, do you have an online resource that you find valuable in kind of your day to day? An online resource that's valuable. Wow. I'm not on the internet that much just because like I'm so busy, but I definitely love Mike Dillard's. He's got the Mike Dillard show it used to be called Self-Made Man. It's a podcast and also a video series of like videos that you can subscribe to as well. And he brings on people from all over different avenues, different walks of life, different industries that have all been mega successful. And they all share their journeys and the ups and the downs and like what they're doing. So it's very relevant to today's young entrepreneur that's really trying to grow themselves to become a better human and to become more successful in all areas of life. Awesome. Great. Yeah. We'll link that in the show notes if our audience members are interested in uh, subscribing to that and listening to that. Sounds like a good one. Jack, next question. What book would you recommend to the listeners and why? 
Okay. So I hate to do this, but I'm just going to go back to like the fundamentals, like rich dad, poor dad, Robert Kiyosaki, then his second follow-up book, Cashflow Quadrant. Those are incredible. Really got me thinking differently in terms of like utilizing real estate as part of my investment strategy portfolio. And then there's a book that a lot of people talk about of Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, but it's going to say that one is always my kind of, that was the first one I ever read. There's a great book called The Five levels of leadership by John Maxwell. And one of my favorites, because it really, leadership is really the essence of growing any successful enterprise, whether it's your in your family life or your physical transformation or in your business life. So this book really teaches you the stages of leadership and how to uh, more effectively influence other human beings in a positive way and how to rise yourself up to the pinnacle level, which is level five. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jack, last question in the lightning round, if you're to give advice to your 20-year-old self to get started investing in real estate, which you were already investing in things at that age, what would you go back and tell yourself? Number one is I think people are going to be always looking for like, what's the asset that's going to like create incredible quick wealth for me? And that's a great question to always ask. We always want to get there faster than slower and success loves speed. I get all that. But the long-term investment that's going to pay the highest dividend is just investing into yourself. So I never have hesitated to invest into myself. If that's going to a Tony Robbins seminar, if it's going to Landmark Forum, if it's going to the uh, leadership development weekends that uh, nutrition company puts on. It's very critical getting the books, buying all the books that you need, getting the podcast, you need putting the information and education into your own mind to create the success mindset that you need so that you can then make the right moves, buying the right asset classes, building the businesses the right way. Number one, invest into yourself. You'll never go wrong and you'll get a 10 times, 100 times investment on yourself always down the road. It's a long-term play. Yeah, sure. The best investment you can make is the one in between your ears, no doubt. That's right. Well, Jack, hey, it's been a lot of fun catching up with you, talking on the podcast here, kind of seeing your journey and how you've become able to build all these different income streams through investing in real estate and other endeavors like your health and fitness endeavors. So really cool there. Now, you're actually no stranger to talking behind the mic here. As you and your partner you alluded to earlier, affectionately known as Shecky, right? High return real estate podcast show. So tell us a little bit about there and tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing with that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we're about 50 episodes in as of right now. We've uh, started the show maybe two years ago. So, I mean, I, I was really impressed how you're crushing the game, Jacob, and the volume that of shows and consistency. That's awesome. We bring guests on a lot of times of like how you do. Sometimes we just let it rip ourselves as well. But it's really centered around buy and hold investing, teaching just different aspects of how to do it right. Insurance, entity protection, single family, multifamily, commercial investing. So we don't, the show is not just about like what we do in terms of turnkey. We bring on investors and other experts from all different aspects of real estate investing. So we definitely, we love doing the show. I think when people listen, you know, they'll see, see our, and hear our passion coming out for, you know, this awesome asset class. Yeah, that's great. And if people want to learn kind of more about you or connect with you, where's the best place for them to do so or find that podcast? Yeah, our website has everything. HighReturnRealEstate.com. They can, if they're interested in learning more about some of the properties or what we 
do. They can book a call with Nicole, our head of investor relations. And she's awesome. Uh, she was one of my first uh, investors. So we converted her onto the sales side and she's phenomenal and people love her. And you can uh, book a call with her right there off our site. Also subscribe to our uh, podcast right there as well. And we're, we're just launching our YouTube presence here as well. We're a little late to the game on and the party on that, but we just recorded our first three YouTube videos yesterday. So that's coming as well. Great. Awesome. So that's highreturnrealestate.com. Book a call with Nicole. Go there, check out the podcast, check out blogs, view properties that you guys have listed. So great resource there. Well, Jack, hey, as we're wrapping up here, any parting piece of advice you'd like to leave with the audience members or maybe something I should have asked you that I didn't? Great question. I think the most important thing, guys, is just, you know, if you want to be a successful investor in real estate, I mean, it all cash is king. So you're going to get the best deals when you have cash ready to deploy. So your real estate investing starts with your personal finance skill set. You've got to learn how to increase your income to make more money. So you have more to invest, right? But you also have to play defense and learn how to become smarter with your personal expenditures. So you have that gap and the wider the gap, the faster the cash you're going to accumulate and the more you're going to have to deploy into turning your money into making more money. So yeah, you definitely got to get smart with personal finance guys in terms of uh, creating more cash for yourselves. Yeah, sure. I love that. Well, Jack K, it's been a lot of fun having you on the podcast. Look forward to having you back on in the future. Thank you, Jacob. Awesome, man. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Thank you, Jack. Take care. All right, that wraps up this week's episode with our guest, Jack Gibson. Hey, I really hope you're getting value from this show. If you like what you heard, please go over and leave a rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. It would mean so much to the show. And as always, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. You are investing in yourself and you should be proud of that. So keep up the great work. Let me know about all of your successes and your accomplishments. You can reach out to me, connect with me at www jacobairs.com till next week engineer the lifestyle you want you've been listening to the real estate way to wealth and freedom podcast providing you actionable content to build your real estate empire nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice please consult an appropriate tax legal real estate financial or business professional for personal advice the opinions of guests are their own information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have a potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom LLC exclusively.